0: Once again, you are listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM streaming online everywhere at X-Ray.FM. You are tuned to Night School with Bobby D, episode number 200. And I'm very fortunate to have the honorary mayor of Northeast, Mr. Paul Nall Sr., decided not to go to Costco tonight and to come down and join us. Paul, welcome to the show. Not to go to Costco and save $150 she
1: you spend at least that much every right. time you go out.
0: Thank you. Oh, it's so true. And it's wonderful to have you on the program. You know, I figure uh, throughout the hour we will get into some tunes and talk about the the varied life here in portland the cotton club and and so much more genevas uh i figure we would just start things off get into a tune here i've got one queued up by a group that you might be familiar with billy larkin and the delegates oh my gee yes yes
1: <laughs> let's go <laughs> all
0: right let's do that all right once again you're listening to x-ray fm here where radio is yours mr paul knalls here in the studio Once again, we're live here in studio. Mr. Paul Knoll's on the mic. You remember that one?
1: I remember that one. I sure do. And I'm sure Mel Brown still remembers it because it was about three years ago he told me that he got a residual check from... Uh, Someplace in Europe where somebody had recorded Pygmy. <laughs> oh, wow. So the, <laughs> And he the, received the check for it. No kidding. Yeah. So royalty.
0: Yeah. Wow. So that yeah. was Billy Larkin and the delegates. And, the yeah, Mel Brown, Hank Sworn, and
1: Billy Larkin. Oh, play, my playing a
0: tune called Pygmy that started
1: right in your club. <laughs> yes, that uh, at B3 organ. That is the to me that's the most fascinating uh instrument that there is oh really it's just first of all it takes four people to move it it's so heavy (laughs) and (laughs) there must be something to it (laughs) yes so that is it but uh mel being the fantastic drummer he is and then of course uh uh hank sworn you know left the cotton club and went with earl grant yeah mel brown left and went with Dart martha and the vandellas and billy larkin left and but um they came out with this tune, and it was a great tune. Everybody yeah. was so proud, just knowing they were from Portland, Oregon. Yeah,
0: you know? no kidding. They went down to Los Angeles and made many records after That's that. That's right. They sure did. Um, and you, that was probably right around the time the Cotton Club got started or when you took ownership.
1: Uh, no, it was later, later, closer to, um, I think, around 68 or 69. Oh, okay. That it actually happened, you know. For
0: those guys. Because, got it. Yeah,
1: yeah. They had been at the Cotton Club, and they had ventured off and that's when the record came out. And I
0: see. It so it like just happens after the fact sometimes yeah, like that. Yeah. Now, you know, there's so many groups that played at your spot. We couldn't even get close to doing it justice in one hour here, but I figure we'll, we'll try. Um, I remember speaking with you and and one of the groups you'd mentioned was the seven souls that used to play your place
1: oh my god yeah out of portland state university right yeah i'm telling you what a group i hired them you know they came in an audition and i hired them Mm -hmm. and it was just unbelievable and there was a young man in there that uh he actually had left the group and went into the united states marine corps um bill diaz and bill turned out being a weatherman or a traffic man on kgw one of those stations and it just worked out really great for everyone. The group was bad. <laughs> they had those horns, you know. They had that brass. It sounded good. Sounded very well.
0: Yeah, no kidding. They were also they, they made a couple of records, and I thought it might be kind of fun to play one of them here right now. Okay. Um, we've got a song here called uh, well, it's a cover called Stormy Monday, and this is one by the Seven Souls. We're here in, in studio with the mayor, the honorary mayor of Northeast, <laughs> Mr. Paul Knoll, Sr. <laughs> listening to Sounds of the Seven Souls.
2: You know they call it Stormy Monday Tuesday was just as bad You know they call it Stormy Monday
0: Again, here in studio with the honorary mayor of Northeast, Mr. Paul Nalls, senior, listening back to some songs from the Cotton Club. That one sound okay too?
1: That sound great, really great.
0: It was a tune by the Seven Souls. Seven Souls. <laughs> At one point, they were known as the Harlequins too. I don't know if people ever talk about that, but sometimes it's printed like that on a record. Okay, I didn't know about that aspect of it. Just the Seven Souls. Okay. Well, speaking of names, what's in a name? honorary mayor of northeast that had to happen somehow (laughs) perhaps you could shed some light on the origin story there
1: it's gone crazy it started back in the early 70s Um, i had front row seats at the blazer games and people with my friend Ruthie Arthurie would travel around the country and they would say, who's the black guy that got the front row seat, you know, and he said, that's the mayor of Portland, that's what he would tell them. They didn't know any different because they didn't know, you know, right. and then um, later on, uh, Roy J. came in, head of the African-American chamber, and he says, I am going to start calling you the mayor. He had this voice like this, uh, yeah, I'm going to start calling you the mayor of North East Portland, you know, right. I said, Roy, I'm okay. <laughs> no, 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 you the mayor. Pretty soon the newspapers had it, the television people. <laughs> now you go on Google <laughs> And you type in, and my name comes up. Paul Nall is the honorary mayor of Northeast Portland. And then later on, about two years ago, at the um, the World Arts Foundation, they gave me an award uh, for my wife and um, uh, Michael Grice and Ken Berry. They made me the the uh, honorary mayor of. Albina, hey, which we got bridges from Interstate to Columbia to all the way <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> Wow, so, your territory
1: is expanding. It. And what I tell everybody, I guess I'm your mayor because you didn't vote me in, so you can't vote me out. You know? <laughs> right
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the mayor story. <laughs> oh man, well, and and what you're not hearing out there, folks, is that you know that story with the Blazers is fascinating in and of itself. You were one of the earliest supporters of that team. And I, I remember hearing a story about, um, you know, you, you approaching Harry Glickman uh, there in the um, in the office there and getting some support to bring folks down to, to watch the games in the early days. You even had a bus that would go from your uh, venue, Geneva's, and pick folks up and go all the way down to Memorial Coliseum. That's right. Carried 28 people was called the
1: soul train <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a green bus <laughs> carry them down we get off come back to geneva's so everybody celebrate their uh winnings or losses you know sure and uh i remember one story though because it was another green bus the harvest house bus came from southeast one night we we're all african-americans and. One night, this white guy got on the bus, and we got about six blocks away. He said, driver, I think I'm on the wrong bus. He said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he wow. Said, I says, uh, you were at Harvard House? He says, yeah. I said, well, come on and go to Geneva's. Then we'll uh, we'll get you where you're supposed to be. So he oh, came sure. on in and partied all night long with us. Hey, there you go. <laughs> he got to be a regular. He come down and catch our bus rather than go to <laughs> Harvard.
0: <laughs> That's all it takes. <laughs>
1: That's all it takes. Have fun after the game. That's what it's about.
0: Well, and it was popular enough that even the trailblazers themselves <laughs> wanted to come down to that that spot down there on uh, Williams Avenue. Yeah, I remember the first
1: night that uh, Roland Todd, he was a real hipster, a dresser, you know, and uh, Roland came in, he had a leather suit on, first time I ever seen a white man with a leather suit, wow. <laughs> and Roland came in, I said, Roland Todd, I'm falling all this, I come to the games all day, he said, yeah, i see you down there. So he got to be a regular customer of ours because he liked the environment and, Bill Walton held hell out the hell out he um, oh, he was there all the time after the games along with Maurice Lucas and wow just anyway, one night i came in and uh, the place was full of ex ex players from the other team because they saw my wife and I own the front row and naturally they say, who's that couple? They said "Oh, they own a place called Geneva so the whole team came it was one of the Denver teams you know and uh, it, was, it was nice see, having everybody
0: in no having kidding. everybody in Wow uh, and that's not a, you know there are many other athletes that would come by even Muhammad Ali showed up at uh, was it Geneva's or the Cotton Club? The
1: Geneva's uh, Muhammad Ali was on his speaking tour at the University of Oregon and uh, that night he spoke and the next that same night he came by genevas and i was at another bar that night <laughs> you oh, know wow. somebody called and said muhammad ali is here so we got, jumped up and ran back to the uh, genevas and he was there and people just started coming M- mamas was bringing their babies down in their pajamas wow with mama with the house robe on they wanted to get down there and see <laughs> muhammad ali no kidding have some pics of that where people were just standing around him you know and it, it was very nice to have him in. It, it, it worked out well. Yeah. Dr. W- J's been there. You know, Oscar Robinson. Jeez. You know, we had the people coming.
0: This it, And it, it just doesn't stop. For anyone out there who's curious to know more about Geneva's, if you're walking down Williams Avenue, uh, just south of Skidmore there, there is a, a little plaque with uh, it. it kind of documents the space where it once stood.
1: Right, right.
0: And of course, the day the championship
1: game, you know, we're the only ones that had a party that day of the game. The next day, the Blazers had one downtown uh, in uh, Pioneer Square along the, had the parade. But the day of the championship, we actually was broadcasting, they were broadcasting from in front of Geneva's they say, Okay, we're going live now everybody started whooping it up, oh, you know, yeah. street full of people. The ball players came over, Harry Glickman, his wife, and his daughter, she was probably thirteen years old, she's sitting in the bar.
0: That is along something. with Jack
1: McKinney, the assistant coach. So it was it was a big day. It was a big day.
0: Yeah, you know, and you tell a, a wonderful story about that. Um I figure we could get into that in just a moment. We've got so many great Cotton Club tracks here, and I want to play one for for folks out there. There was a great group called Ruby and the Wonders. Oh yeah, uh, that you yes, had in, and we yes. tracked down a forty five of that band. Okay, and I was okay. thinking we could play it right now. This is okay. one called "Don't You Do It." Right on, and Ruby once again, and the Wonders. Ruby and the Wonders <laughs> <laughs> here on X Ray FM. We have the honorary mayor of Northeast and Albina. who is just <laughs> before you know it, it'll be <laughs> they will be the whole five hundred three area code. <laughs> Uh, You're listening to X-Ray FM, where radio is yours. And you
1: know what?
3: It's been so long since I held my baby's hand Just why she left, is so hard to understand Why did she go? I loved her so if she returned Oh, Lord above Send back my love And fight this cold, cold feeling Of despair Oh, Lord above Send back my love And fight this cold, cold feeling all these
4: All
5: the other guys got a gal they own, but I'm one the cat who's all alone. I really don't know what the reason can be Why they all refuse to ever fall for me But I'm looking hard as any poor man can Really ain't no fun to be by myself Going around all the time on the shelf I never could figure what the reason can be Why they all refuse to ever fall for me But I'm looking hard as any poor man can Looking and looking Looking both night and day I never stop looking long as I live, cause my mind don't run that
1: away. I
5: got a hoodoo friend that gave me bone, she said, now rub any girl, she won't let you alone. I rubbed a pretty girl, I thought she'd come right here she took a look at me and just disappeared but i'm looking hard as any poor man can
0: All right, once again, we are live in studio with the honorary mayor of Albina, Mr. Paul Knowles Sr., and just listening back to some Cotton Club jams, uh, that last one was another Billy Larkin tune called Looking, and before that was an artist that uh, appeared in your venue, uh, Mr. Ralph Black, with a song called Lover's Lament.
1: Yes, yes, Ralph should have been a star. He was a showman, he could dance, he could do everything, you know but the times and the place and everything didn't happen. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't happen. So, yeah. but, but he should have been a big star. Yeah,
0: Beautiful you were saying he had, he had moves too. Oh
1: yes, good he dance? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so before we took that mic break, you were talking about um, the trailblazers and there, there is this you know, uh, legacy night, 1977. They win the championship. And somehow they wind up at Geneva's, and I remember you talking about how that all came to be. Perhaps, perhaps you could share that with our listeners. Yes, well, I'm ready for a championship, so I'm getting ready. So uh, I thought, I would, let's see, I have to block the street
1: off. So where can I get a street blockage um, equipment? So down like, on Stan-
0: You just heard they'd won the championship, and they were going to come to Geneva's. No, right? no, no. Or- this is the
1: day before. I got a plan for it. Oh, in I In case we win. So I went down on 7th and Stanton and they had been working on the sidewalks and they had some barricades there. So I put them in my truck and I thought all the time, what if I get arrested for stealing barricades? Anyway, I got them in my truck and I took them on up and uh, just put them in the weeds there next to the place in case we need it. So when we won the championship, we got back and the streets started filling up. So I took the barricades and blocked the street off, you know because i didn't want cars driving because people was all over the streets you know right and uh, so uh neil goldsmith he was the mayor he came up and he said told somebody to go get paul because i got the street blocked off i don't have a permit right <laughs> he said paul what's going on here i said well neil you don't want people driving through here so we need some barricades so i had some so i put them up so I guess that's the first time I've seen a telephone in a car. So he opened this little deal up and called downtown. Whoa, wow. And told him to bring <laughs> bring, bring some more barricades. <laughs> barricades. You want to block the street off? 1977, yeah, 1977 car phone. 1977. Sunday, July, uh, June 5th, 105 degrees. I'll never forget it. And it the street filled up. Uh, people was buying everything. All the beer, all the alcohol, all the wine. And then... Um,
0: <clears throat> Didn't you even hire a, you had a guy come across the street and sell hot dogs? Yes, Carl Bowles I'd call Carl. I said Carl. That was Carl Bowles. Yeah. I said no Carl kidding. if the if the Blazers win
1: tomorrow, I'll pay you $25 to set up for your stand. It was the first must have been the first food cart around. <laughs> yeah, wow. was 1977. So wow. I I said I'll pay you $25 if they don't win. If they win, then you're on your own. So carl had his he he bought his uh equipment up and never forget the name of his his, his food cart mr sweetmeat oh, was, was wow. <laughs> 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 so he set up and then there was another lady mrs mallory up the street she uh, she had cooked a ham that day so she was a little about a half a block away so she bought the ham down with some white bread and Whatever goes on, she starts selling ham sandwiches right there on the corner. I bet so, she cleaned up. <laughs> she cleaned up <laughs> that day. And then about uh, 3 in the afternoon, um, one of the television stations arrived. I think it was Channel 2. And they said, okay, we're going live. And then, of course, everybody goes crazy in the streets when you win a championship. Yeah. And uh, so the next morning, I got started getting calls from all over the country. I saw you guys. I've been to Geneva's before. I saw you guys in the street party. Wow. Congratulations, you know, <laughs> da 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 da. So it was a great day. Uh, uh, That's something. Lloyd Allen, the first one, not Lloyd. Lloyd Neal was the first person to arrive, and uh, he was our center. And then Luke came uh, along with JJ Johnson. He played in Seattle then, but then the guys just started coming in because there was supposed to be a party at Chuck's.
0: Oh, the steakhouse down on Front Avenue. Yeah,
1: but the guys decided to come to Geneva.
0: Instead. And, of course,
1: they come in where the people are, you know. And when they start showing up, everybody wasn't no cell phones but everybody started using the payphone on the corner yeah, they <laughs> Come on down down, down, right. it was kind of a line people in line to get to use the phone right. where friends meet. came down and we, we parted we parted hard that day That's I'm telling something. you.
0: and there there are photos you know i believe on x-ray fm is posted on their social media channels some of your photos oh, of, yes. of that day yeah and it, it really is just <laughs> as you described the you know folks filling the streets a lot of i mean this is the one time in yeah a, in you know professional it's been, team important a years
1: that 43 years now i guess since it happened and that's just the way it is no that's 41 years 41 years yeah, yeah. 41 years
0: well and we have a little something a little piece of that that folks might uh, not know about so Leading into this era there was a lot of excitement that the Blazers might uh, win this particular season and so an enterprising group of musicians got together and thought we're going to make a a Blazers anthem. This was during the disco craze. right? And so we're going to make a Blazers anthem and it's going to be the championship anthem and if they go big. This is going to get big, right? <laughs> okay. It, so uh, for whatever reason, it didn't fa- you know, get pressed to a record. But we found it on a reel-to-reel. Reel. The singer is Milton Davis. Okay. And uh, playing bass is Randy Monroe. right <laughs> And we have a handful of other artists on it. This track is called Blazer Mania. And okay. it's from 1977. And uh, I figured we'd just get into it right now and come back on air.
1: All righty. All righty.
0: Once again, you're listening to the Honorary Mayor of Northeast Portland, Mr. Paul Knowles, here on X-Ray. FM.
6: It's getting away. yeah oh, is mourning for the town. Now the whole wide world is getting down. All oh, we talk about is blazer mania. We got that blazer mania. We can't contain that mania. Blazer mania. Get it, y'all. Mm-hmm. I want you to get on. Down?
0: Once again, you're listening to Night School here with Bobby D and Mr. Paul Knolls, the honorary mayor of Northeast, in studio, and we have a special call-in guest here. Call-in guest, are you are you on the line there?
7: Caller is on
0: the line. We've got a caller on the line. Uh, st- <laughs> we have Ren Woods here on the line for Mr. Paul Knolls. Ah,
1: <laughs> Wren Woods. Hey Hi, girlfriend. Doing, Mr. Mayor? I am fine, Ren. I hope you and your husband are doing well.
7: We're doing great. No complaints at all.
1: Oh my gee, Ren, I am so happy to talk to you. <laughs> so for folks oh,
7: did you know Bobby? Did you know Bobby before the
1: show? Oh yes, yes, yes. I've been on Bobby's mm-hmm. show before.
0: Last, uh-huh. last time we had Paul on, it was via phone call because he was out there partying on the block party.
1: <laughs> and Ren, <laughs> I could hardly hear. I had to walk about a block away from the block party because the music was so loud so that I could actually talk on the radio.
7: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, for our listeners out there, um, we have the Ren Woods here on the line who, uh, among many other. Things in her wonderful career uh, started right at co- Paul Knoll's Cotton Club venue uh, back in the mid 1960s. Yes, Three Little Souls. Tell us all about it.
7: Three Three Little Souls. Well, we always wanted to sing, and of course, you know, we caught clips of the Gladys Knight or the Supremes or uh, King of Turner on the Ed Sullivan show, and, you know, we, we knew that this was our destiny. This is what we're supposed to do with our lives. I mean, So we uh, auditioned and didn't we start out with five girls? I think my two sisters were involved at the beginning.
1: Yes, that's right, because I couldn't pay five people. So I I asked Teddy, I said, Teddy, if you can cut it down to three, I can pay three people, but I can't pay five. You did want to get paid, right, Ren?
7: Yeah, we well actually you no, know, we are you can we'd have paid you the way we felt
1: about it. But
7: we just thought it was so awesome and I and I remember I, I had seen I had stumbled on rehearsal. I was in a, I went to Catholic school and, and somehow I, just before Three Little Songs was put together. I had stumbled onto a rehearsal and I, I walked in. I remember opening the big bath door because I was very, uh, uh, very curious and I heard live music. and I was like, okay, well, this is not Catholic school music that these people are doing. And um, I remember hearing that and that stayed with me, seeing the girls sing and it was a stage. Uh, I think I had some conversations with Ted Anderson, who was the two girls' older brother. It was Eileen and Mary Lou Anderson and myself and their older brother, Ted. And he would rehearse us.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. And and the Three Little Souls would would go to become Sunday's child, too. You could talk about that.
7: That's That's right. That's exactly right. I'm not sure how we came up with that name. I just know that once we were uh, more or less discovered, um, I don't know how this could ever happen to anyone else. You know, it, it, we were all, they're we like fairy tales. Uh, to have a, a club that would accept us, that encouraged us. And Paul's amazing wife, Geneva, because we would always talk about how pretty she was and, 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 and then I Eileen and Mary and someone said, well, she has rouge. maybe she could keep rouge. maybe she could teach us how to put rouge on her, our face and then we would look like that so <laughs> that was our goal to be
5: glamorous
0: oh boy <laughs> easily achieved you know? easily achieved you look at those photos I mean you all couldn't have been much more than about 14-15 years old
7: we were we were Ten when we started,
0: uh, Marilyn. I was ten. Ten years old.
7: We were ten years old. We're in
0: the fourth grade. Oh my goodness! <laughs> playing, playing with the grown folks uh, at the oh, Cotton Club.
7: Oh, but we were good.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, you all made it down to play in Sammy Davis Jr.'s club in Los Angeles.
7: That's absolutely right. He he was the first black man to buy a club in. Beverly Hills. It was originally called the very famous Coconut Grove. He changed it to the Now Grove. Oh, it's it, it was something. This this experience. Um, I don't know how it could happen to anyone today. It was a different world at that time.
0: Yeah,
1: it was. and to just tell about uh, uh, their travels, I um uh, I watched a lot of Channel 10, which is a public. Uh, TV, and mm-hmm. uh, I was watching um, Bob Hope in Vietnam, and and there are the soul sisters up there uh, entertaining the G.I.s in Vietnam. My mm. gee. And then when I really knew they had it, was when I saw him on Sesame Street with Big Bird. I said, <laughs> oh, they, they big yeah. stars now. You get on, you get on Big Bird.
0: You know, right?
1: You are the star. It's true.
0: Well, and, and that's it's not true. even to mention a lot of folks here talk about car wash and other mm-hmm. other films that you would later appear in mm-hmm. uh, and and records you would you would do. One of my favorite tunes is "Get It Right." oh really yeah that was oh, it was
7: you that bought that record i was wondering <laughs> <that> was <laughs>
0: 19- now <I> know.
7: 1982
0: <laughs> something like that and then of course the <laughs> whiz exactly
7: which right.
1: and of course the whiz uh the, the traveling version of the whiz which she was the star she was dorothy really wow yeah and mm-hmm. you know we mm-hmm. where we saw that we saw that in san francisco because we were on a mm-hmm. cruise, and we stopped in San Francisco, we went to see the play that night. <laughs> and there's Wiz, little Renwood, up on stage playing Dorothy. You wow! Know? What a what an exciting time! <laughs> what a are you surprise. still living in Philadelphia? Pardon me. Are you still living in Philadelphia?
7: You no, know, we live. Well, we live out. We have a house outside of Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah.
1: okay, okay, okay. Because people ask me where mm-hmm. you are, you know, and I always tell them she's somewhere up
7: there. <laughs> no, I'm making for both. things happen. We, we have a place in Los Angeles and in in, in oh, Pennsylvania, okay. not exactly in Philly, outside of sorry.
1: right, yes, that's uh-huh. wonderful, sweetheart. It's
0: it, it's a blessing to have you you both on on air today. And and ah. Ren, we really appreciate your call, and we'll hope that you'll you'll call us back again. You've got all kinds of things no uh, doubt. in the work. Thank
7: you for your beautiful work, Bobby.
0: Hey, my pleasure. Love you. And Love you, honey.
7: It's great All to hear right. your
1: voice, Paul. Thank you.
0: And we'll play a track by Sunday's Child right now. Uh, this is this is a All tune right. from the 1970 LP, The One, Sunday's Child. Oh, this is a oh, tune called God. Maybe I'm Amazed. You are listening oh, to my
7: maybe I'm
0: X-Ray FM, Ren Woods and the Honorary Mayor of Northeast, Mr. Paul Knowles. Thank you, Ren.
1: Thank you, bye. Thank you, baby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
4: They knew
0: Once again, we are live in studio. You're listening to Night School with Bobby D. We have the Honorary Mayor of Northeast, Mr. Paul Knoll Sr. We're about eight minutes to the hour. And uh, it's, you know, it's just been a a delight to have you in. Um, You've done so much for the community. I I imagine you look back uh, and and there's all kinds of things that make you proud.
1: Well, I think the number one thing is um, we have a statue of Dr. King on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Yeah. And we're the only city in America that has a statue of Dr. King on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. I was part of that, helping raise money for it, you know. Right. But I want to talk a little bit about the Cotton Club. I I hear people every day. Every person that came to the Cotton Club must have been underage because they come in and says, "I used to come to the Cotton Club. I was underage. I was only 17. I was only 18. I was only this. I was only that." And then I had a assistant manager, which was Harvey Rice, very good friend of yeah, mine. you yeah. know. Harvey was checking the ID and everything. You know, but all these people couldn't have been under because we never got a ticket for serving minors. I did have one lady though. She came down and says, "You let my daughter in your club, and I'm going to turn you into the O.L.C.C." I said, what's her name? She told me, I said, well, next time she come, I'm gonna check her ID. So Lomi walked in, that's her name, Lomi Price, Lomi. <laughs> I says, may I see your ID? What do you mean my ID? I've been coming here all the time. I said no, but may I see your ID? So I had to stop her from coming, you know. And then after she left, her mother said, don't tell her I told you. <laughs> she, wasn't, <laughs> she wasn't old enough to be in there. But I hear people after people every week, every month. Somebody tell me, right. oh, yeah, I was going to the <laughs> club before I was 21.
0: <laughs> well, the legend lives on, clearly. And, you know, of the same token, so many youngsters that say, you know, they really got exposed to, to music and to the the culture of, of musical life at the Cotton Club. Even, you know, Gary Cooper, who lives on the same block and who may be listening now. Big shout out to Gary if <laughs> oh, he is. yeah. Hey, Gary. <laughs> he he tells the story of just listening right at the back door. You know, you'd, you'd let him listen next to the door. Or there'd be a seat there. Couldn't come inside, right, <laughs> but, but right, he could certainly right. listen. And, you know, guys like Calvin Walker and... Uh, the Sanders brothers were in there at a very young age. Sunday's Child uh, performing in there at a very yes, young age. So when you have this mix of you know the elders, um, there's certainly a mentorship thing that ends up happening. It's stayed right. with a lot of folks.
1: That is true. Uh, <coughs> Jimmy Sanders just came back to town. He's been in yeah. Nashville all these years, right? you know, playing at the BB King Club, but he's back. And, of course, we buried his, son, his brother Johnny three or four years ago.
0: And, uh, and both those gentlemen played uh, in a very early incarnation of Ural Thomas's group. Yes, uh, yes they, they, did. they did record a record um, at, uh, I believe, up in Seattle in the mid-1960s. We may even have a cut from that if, if we wanted to go out with that one. But before we do, um, so you mentioned that statue. I just want to come back for folks that are curious to, to know more about Paul's work. Uh, it is called the Dream Statue, and you can locate it there on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, kind of close to where Metro is located now, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, with the uh, convention center where the where the uh, trains cross the track there on Martin Luther King. You'll see it, and it's a very, very nice statue. It costs a lot of money, but we were able to just solicit money from the community, and seven uh, corporations gave us $10,000 apiece, but the hundred and seventy five. The other hundred and five thousand had to come from the community, and the people did respond.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's something to say for that too. You know, if you could, if you want to learn more, there's a Wikipedia page on this thing. Um, uh, wonderful, wonderful part of your work. You also did work in the Model Cities program, working with the youth here in town. Uh, your venues, you know, s- will survive uh, long <laughs> before the rest <laughs> of us do. it. Uh, well, wonderful, wonderful work.
1: Longer than I will. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's such a treat. Once again, uh, any parting words before we, we end up out of here? Just uh, wanted to remind, to remind everything. Uh,
1: Portland is alive and well. And uh, SCI, you know, they got this big party going on, on August the 18th. And it starts at 1 o'clock and it's going to end late in the afternoon. Lakeside's going to be here. And uh, that's going to be a great show with LaRonda Steele and a lot of other people. But the Bamport <clears throat> Jazz Festival coming again on August the 4th and uh it's just portland just live with music and plays and everything you know not eating, not not mentioning the eating establishments we have so uh everybody get out have fun for the summer dawson park is live and well we'll have the gathering coming up there on august the 12th so You know, if you've ever been to the Gathering, that's where we used to meet at funerals. That's the only place we would meet was Uh at funerals. So Uh we got together. Let's everybody meet uh, one day a year without being at a funeral. So we called it the Gathering, and that's what we do. We get in the park and have a party.
0: Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, the the mayor, uh, you heard it from here. You heard it from the source. Once again, you're listening to Night School here with um, the Honorary Mayor of Northeast, Mr. Paul Knoll Sr. Many events here you can check him out at. And uh, we'll go out with a tune from uh, that started kind of way back in the Cotton Club days. This is one called "The Right Time," I believe, by Ural Thomas, featuring Jimmy and Johnny Sanders. Once again, a pleasure.